You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since we held our birthday parties at Bowling Alleys, Laser Tag, and the Discovery Zone. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we realize why we have never enjoyed yodeling as we review Home on the Range. But first, Eddie, are you and the family doing? We're doing well. Uh, have you ever tried to put eye drops in a toddler's eye? Ooh, tell me how to do this, because I feel like it's it's an ordeal. Well, uh, first of all, they got some type of like ear, nose, and throat infection, which we've all we've all just been going around, and all of a sudden, just like grossness. I'm, I won't describe, but grossness starts coming out of Lewis's eyes, and luckily, our next door neighbor is a doctor. And so we were just like, hey, what what should we do here? Um, we have a feeling if we go to the like to any old doctor, like they're going to immediately just like pump them full of antibiotics. And like, you know, we'd rather avoid those unless we have to. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. He goes, honestly, what you should do is just get some chamomile tea and like let it cool down and then put chamomile tea in his eyes. And that'll just take it right away. And we're like, what? Really? And, you know, you hear something homeopathic like that. And at first you're going, eh, really? Is this really? Are you sure? So he's like, yeah, just get some like saline drops and you put some saline drops in there. So it like cleans it out a little bit. And then you put this, you just kind of like squirt in some uh, chamomile tea. And um, it was as if we were plucking his eyeballs out. (laughs) (laughs) um and we have to do this you know four or five times a day until like and after two days of this like boom the chamomile tea just like knocks it out oh so eyes are clear it worked amazingly it was like what what's going on then a few days later this passes on to eileen now eileen she's got some lungs on her and it's, I don't know what would be worse than plucking out her eyeballs. It's like we're plucking her eyeballs out and skinning her all at the same oh, time. Wow. And she's a kicker too. So here I am like trying to balance, you know, something like right above their eye, all the while being like, like kicked with all of her strength, like right in the, right in the gut, right in the sternum. And um, I, I am... I finally had to figure out how to like, cause you have to like, you had like a little syringe that you sterilize and like the, like the medicine syringe, you know, like kids Tylenol or something like that. The plastic ones. And I am now, I have to like hold her back and like, it's like a squirt gun, like squirt it from a distance. Cause she's kicking me so much that if I get like too close to her eye, I'm afraid like I'm going to poke her eye out yeah. literally. And so now I'm like really good at aiming. I didn't know this was a dad skill that you needed, but aiming and squirting cold chamomile tea from a distance and boom, shooting it right into a toddler's eye. I know it's exactly (laughs) what it is. So that's what I've been doing for the past like five days, four or five times a day. All the while being kicked, screamed, bloody murder, all of it. It's just like, 
all the things that we do for our kids. That's incredible. That uh, sounds a lot like whenever trying to take get rid of like a um, splinter in a foot oh, or something yeah. like that. Only shooting stuff at them <laughs> like a cat. <laughs> it's exactly it. Uh, and then and then I did find myself going, "Wow, I'm you know I'm pretty good with this." You know, so when I'm then have to go like sterilize it again and it's full of hot water, like I'm like. I wonder if I stand, you know, all the way over. Now, if I stand all the way over here, can I like, can I hit that spoon in the sink? Can I? And then Sarah sees you just aiming and and shooting it at (laughs) things. And she's like, what are you doing? She hasn't noticed yet, I think. But what has happened is she's like, are you done in there yet? We need to do this. I'm holding her down. I don't know how much longer I can hold her down. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have a kid to actually take care of here and not practice my syringe syringe shooting skills yeah say that five times fast but enough about me and these new dad skills that i'm picking up on uh we've got an eclectic assortment some might say a potpourri of disney news to share with everybody um we've talked about it here uh before but disney is going through a pretty massive restructuring a part of that was they announced that 7,000 positions would be eliminated, uh, 3,000 of which are already open positions that they're just choosing to not fill. I don't know how that actually saves That's them money. That's Well, it's like when any time a company decides to hire, they kind of have to like make sure they have the money for it. <laughs> sure. Uh, they're kind of like, okay, yes, we are going to commit to yeah. spending the money and every hire kind of has its own price tag on it and bringing someone on and stuff. Uh, so I get it. Like that is a huge deal to say, we're just going to eliminate those positions that we were going to hire. It is a cost savings because they had already de- agreed to do it. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, but they kind of let out the numbers back in February, that 7,000 number. But now with the, with the new, what's happening is you're starting to get word that more and more places are having to actually start putting names and putting people on who would be potentially on this list of people being cut. And it sounds like it's going to be in the high, the higher end of the company, the people making uh, seven figures and more um, is kind of where they're going to be kind of aiming at. So like not necessarily like the purse, the kid, the, the college kid running the ride, but it's going to yeah. be potentially high profile people like ESPN. Like there's a lot of buzz about a lot of ESPN people uh, being let go. Um, a uh, lot in like HR departments that looks like they're really scaling back their different HR departments. Yeah. There's a, there's going to be a, we're, we're just, it's just the season that we're in. It kind of started trickling through last year, but now all these big companies, they just grew so fast and then that success didn't last. And now everybody's trying to catch up and try to be profitable. Like we, we've been championing for a while. Um, the, a, a big one, I don't know if this is a part of it or she just left on her own, but um, one of the executives from Marvel studios, who's been there since they started the MCU um, is headed out, not Kevin Feige, uh, but Victoria Alonso seen her name quite a bit on some mm-hmm. of the, as an executive Credits. producer. Yep on a lot of the credits uh she's not a high profile name like to the general public like kevin feige is uh but this seemed kind of inevitable with how lackluster uh phase four and five have been 
um, to see somebody. I don't know if she was pushed out or if she decided to leave on her own. But she's been there a long time and been through, been a part of the success and now kind of in it with, it just kind of felt inevitable. I didn't ever thought Feige was going to leave. Were you surprised to finally see somebody kind of moving on from the MCU uh, brain trust? Well, uh, what do they call it? They call it the um, Marvel uh, Parliament. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's got it's a, a, it's got a unique British, name. British feeling to it. Yeah, it's or because uh, uh, I, I know like Disney Animation and Pixar, they call it the Brain Trust. Um but Marvel has some unique name for it. I want to say like it's the parliament or something like that. I'll have to double check. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, I think, I mean, to a certain degree, this was all inevitable post Endgame. I think Spider-Man that, you know, you had, we've had two F- Spider-Man movies come out post Endgame. And I think they gave them a false sense of security. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I think now we're finally kind of showing, yeah, that that was a hard, that, that was a hard uh, three phases to follow. If you're just sticking them in those phases. I mean, so much built to that. It was something we had never seen before. Everything was basically um, gold other than Incredible Hulk. Right. Like they, everything, everything they did was huge. Um, and Endgame was a huge experience uh, for everyone. Um, so it makes sense that, like, okay, they kept going on, like everything was just going to keep on going like it was Endgame and those before. Um, and of course, it hasn't been. So eventually that has to catch up to you and you have to see some creative restructuring. Yeah, I was very surprised. I, I wasn't surprised that it happened, but just now we're starting to see some ramifications. You were just like bickering between fans of like, oh, this isn't that good. This isn't that great. But to finally see, oh, they are acknowledging it themselves in their own in their own way without coming out completely. No one's going to come out and say, hey, what I made sucked. <laughs> so so when does this trickle over to the other arms of the Disney conglomerate? When do we see somebody leave Lucasfilm or Pixar? That's that's going to be very interesting. I think if anybody, someone potentially from Pixar, just because they've been feeling the brunt of mm-hmm. it with just their lack of success from all of their films just one kind of bad move after another. Some of it they couldn't handle, they couldn't uh, control, like when their parent company says, hey, we're not going to put these into the theaters. Kind mm-hmm. of a huge, massive blow mm-hmm. to that, to what they're doing. Uh, but the stories they've been putting out, I have not. I, I, I have a friend who likes turning red, and that's about the only yeah. thing that they've done positively. So I, if, if the I did- The only thing I hear people get excited about turning red is the boy band like i hear people like freak out over that and it's like that's the only part of that movie you liked okay (laughs) i'm not surprised to hear that espn is 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 a part of this as well they've it's been a long time with everybody saying hey at some point i could we could see them spinning off espn into its own thing selling it off to another company um so obviously they're and they spend a ton of money on all the all the the sports rights and on talent, uh, it was inevitable that that's going to be a part of it. So it'll be interesting to see where most of these actually come out other than HR and ESPN. 
Which is crazy because, I mean, ESPN was their cash cow for the longest time. And to see that turned around to where it is now, it's it's really quite crazy. I would imagine that maybe things have changed now because of how bad the streaming money has been. But there's mm-hmm. been rumors for the, especially the past six months to a year that they will eventually spin off uh, ESPN, not spin it out of the company, but at least make it its own direct to consumer because uh, app because uh, ESPN plus really isn't that because you don't get sports center. You don't get any games streamed live um, unless you have a cable provider like ESPN plus gets you some sports, but not the headlines, not, not the NBA, not the NFL. You don't <laughs> get any of that. So I'll be very interested to see when they finally launch their own standalone direct-to-consumer product that actually is its own own standalone product. Uh, they just, I think, with with sports rights and with um, trying to keep at least some of the cable people <laughs> people happy enough to keep on going. But no, I think this is the key. If if they want to figure out streaming, they need to figure out sports rights and streaming. Um, and I don't know, I, those, those, those uh, sports rights renew quite frequently. You know, the, you're not seeing anybody book 10-year deals anymore. Um, you know, those are three to four years or something like that. Uh, but they're being so weird and convoluted, like you have to add your cable provider. Um, Apple and the MLS are getting a lot of kickback right now with their season pass thing that they rolled out through Apple TV. Um, because the way that it was initially announced, it sounded like if you had an Apple TV subscription, you were going to have access to this. And now it's an it's an add on, and it I mean it's wow it's hefty it's hefty I can't remember what it was but like I looked it up because I was like oh okay I'm really interested and like uh it was such a sticker shock I just like immediately was like no no I'm not I'm not gonna do that it's like two it's like it was would have been the I remember looking up and being like it's the equivalent of adding two more streaming streaming services and I'm going. I already pay for Apple One subscription service. Like, why is this not rolled in? And then they like some games are like this. These certain games are free at this, you know. And it's just like I, no, I, don't, I don't. I have I don't have time to figure out when I can watch something for free or not. I don't have the money to pay for something else here. Like, why can't we figure this out? Streaming is what 10, 12 years old now. Like, why haven't we figured this one out? Well, and. Apple was getting a ton of praise for the fact that they were going to simplify for, sure. for one sport. Like they were going to get everything for MLS. You get it all one place. And that was going to be, they were, they were the only ones being able to do that. Uh, Cause everybody else, it's like, you got to pick and play and choose. And Oh, Thursday night football, you get on one place Sunday, you get on another Sunday night, you get on somewhere else. And then Monday you, you Football's get crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I was like, wow, they're going to do it. But, it was too good to be true that they were going to actually roll it in and and make it all one price. That's too good to be true. Sure. Uh, speaking of too good to be true, I was just hoping to pop up on Disney Plus and not have another music documentary. <laughs> hey. But alas, every single week I feel like there's another music documentary happening. We had Miley Cyrus. We have... Uh, uh, your your best friend, you two, 
um, hey, Bono b- and Ed. by the way, I watched did that. You wa- did you watch it on St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, tell, opening tell day. It. it was fantastic. It was really good. Um, it reminded me like beforehand, I'm going, why is David Letterman, David Letterman involved in this? It didn't really make any sense. Yeah. But there was like a year that a roommate and I watched David Letterman every night. And I really enjoyed like his cranky, sarcastic humor. Plus, he's a fellow Hoosier. So I was like, okay. Um, And it really works. Like he, yeah, it's the like idiot abroad type of um, show, you know, the um, Ricky Gervais show. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was really good. It's also fascinating just to hear the story of the band. I don't think if you were not a fan of U2, you would enjoy it in any way. Like, it's very. <laughs> it's for as, the tribe. As, but I think any of these, uh, I think they, if you're not a fan of the person or of the music, you know, you have to be something beyond a casual listener. That's why I think this whole strategy is is interesting for them to, like, go after the music documentary scene. But here they go again. Well, it it does make sense, and so the reason we're bringing it up is because there's a new, um, there's going to be an Ed Sheeran docu series, the sum of it all, and that's clever, what, clever, clever. Title, with all the little symbols and stuff. The um, we talked about this last week with Miley Miley Cyrus documentary, but Disney Plus is going after this specific market of, um docu-series, documentaries um, about musicians. And I feel like it makes sense because the more that we, the farther we go along this, you need to have some sort of built-in audience before you go make a video series or a movie franchise or whatever. And it makes sense with comic books and anything adapted from a book because you have that. But musicians, it's the same thing. They've already built their audience, their core. They've got massive fan bases. Whether you go talk about Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, Ed Sheeran, U two, all different ages and stuff like that. These people, these people have rabid fan bases. We're not getting random people other than our dearly beloved Frozen lead person who has <laughs> no fan base really much to speak of uh, except in some of the darker places of broadway uh but it makes sense like you go get like uh, i mean back in the day there was the justin bieber documentary that came out and actually sure. hit theaters it's it's interesting that these are all going straight Here. to disney plus um i think that's been their pivot away from doing pixar there it's like well these documentaries take almost nothing to make like they can don't probably don't take very much money time a lot of time but not as much money um, but i would assume yeah. these artists are getting some type of licensing fee or some oh, big course. cut of this of course uh, i i just hopped on here really quick because this is interesting to me so i mean we've got you two miley cyrus elton john beyonce you've got three for taylor swift uh, I see several Latin artists uh, on my end, so they're doing it in location specific. There's even a BTS one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there. This is pretty substantial. Uh, one that I haven't watched yet that I'm very interested to. Um, oh, we're not even talking about the Beatles one. They did the oh, Peter, yeah. the Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson. Let It Be uh, Beatles docu series. I may have fallen asleep watching that one. <gasps> I loved that. I was so captivated. 
What jogged my memory of that is Mary McCarthy, Paul McCartney's McCarthy's, uh, daughter, she released a documentary through Disney called If These Walls Could Sing, um, which is the 90-year history of Abbey Road Studio. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it. I didn't realize uh, the rights finally came uh, open for me here, so I'll have to put that on the list for the week. But yeah, I mean, they're leaning pretty heavy and getting good names, so it must be working. It's it's interesting that they're going the music route because Netflix has heavily cornered the stand up the, com- the stand up yeah. comedy, especially which you got to talk about simple like cheap cheap content. You're basically paying one person, and they just do a bare bones crew. Don't even have to and like for one event, maybe they do film it a couple nights in a row to get a couple yeah. different things. Um, and most of it is like they come out and they do their jokes and then they're done. Maybe there's some did you, cool set design, but did you hear uh, what Chris Rock's deal was? No, forty-four million dollars for two specials. Wow! And I mean, this last one that he just did was huge. I mean, it, I they haven't released the numbers yet, but I mean, it was all over Twitter. It was all over the news. I mean, it was, I mean, everybody talked about it for a good two, three days, you know, so they, I think they got their money's worth. It'd be, it'll be interesting when they release their, um, their numbers, but yeah, $44 million for two. And that's just Chris Rock. That's what he got. I think they, that Chris Rock knew immediately because he didn't, he didn't come out with anything for a long time. Well, he signed the deal, uh, three, four years ago. Oh, he did. Yeah, so the this one that just came out was the second. So kudos to Netflix for getting it back then. Yeah, I was going to say because he probably would have imagined that the oh, post uh, the oh, post Oscar one he probably could have gotten forty four million just for the one. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, so th- it is interesting. Um, I you know th- to go after these little niches like that with the comedy and. Um, uh, and then now Disney plus with music, I'm like what else is there? Um, well, you've got all the true crime stuff as well. There's a lot of that on Hulu. There's a lot of that on Netflix. Um, uh, those are interesting. My wife has been watching a lot of ghost hunters that is now on, uh, now on <laughs> Disney plus. We've been making our way through a lot of seasons of that. <gasps> Speaking of true crime, I didn't put this on the list, but this past week we had a new trailer for Only Murders in the Building and and the big guest star. You know how we had like Sting in season one and then Amy Schumer in season two. Did you see who's the big one for season three? It is the incomparable. Go for it. No, you take it. I was going to say, it's not Helen Mirren. Uh, like, my, my mind blanked. That's why I stopped talking. What? <laughs> I, I have it in my face. It's it's not Helen Mirren, but it was... It's, <laughs> it's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Meryl I'm sorry. Streep. I failed this. I failed this And stuff. Paul Rudd. <laughs> and you get Meryl Streep Paul Rudd. and Paul Rudd. Yeah, like, that's huge. I don't know if she's ever done TV. I don't know. But, yeah, so... It looks very interesting. I'm I'm quite excited. Um, they're still in production, but everybody's guessing this summer we'll get new episodes. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite yeah. must watch. And I'm so glad it's on every single year, every fall. 
It's right mm-hmm. there for us. It's so mm-hmm. good. But Eddie, it's time for Eddie's what's happening in the park section of this show that we've become. <laughs> I feel like I need a special, a special um, uh, musical intro or something. In, in, in the, the parks. Um, well, this was exciting. Toontown out in Disneyland got a big refresh. It's been closed for a year. They just reopened it. Uh, you've got Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railroad there, which is a really fun ride. It's been over at Disney World for a couple of years, and they brought it over to Disneyland as well. Um, and they did some other kind of cool remodels and stuff around. But something that happened with this that I thought was cool that I had no idea, for the first time ever in Disney Park history, you can meet Pete. Interesting. Which is crazy. A lot of people don't stop and think about this, but Pete is the third oldest character. He is the bad guy in Steamboat Willie. Oh. So you get Mickey and Minnie and then Pete. Those are your three original. You don't often think about that. You think of like your Fab Five or or whatnot, but like, yeah, Pete. And you can now actually meet Pete as a character in in Toontown in Disneyland. I thought that was fascinating. I would have thought he would have shown up some other time, but this is the first time ever. We don't usually think of a lot of villains being like a go-to character to meet in the in those sure. areas. But as you and I have watched a lot of uh Clubhouse Mickey, <laughs> a lot. he is not he is not a villain in that. He just happens to be kind of like the bumbling idiot. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So in other Disney Park news, uh, Bob Iger has continued his little travels uh, all around the Disney parks, checking in on everything. And a few days after being at the Oscars with there's a whole lineup of of interesting execs that shouldn't be at the Oscars, but happen to be there with him. That same little group of of executives all happen to make a little trip over to Paris together, uh, which has everybody a buzz because the majority of them are your your internal candidates for uh, replacing him. So it's like he's got a little CEO camp going on. Uh, they get to go to the, you know they get to go to the Oscars and then they get to go to Disneyland Paris. So they're touring around doing all the Disneyland Paris stuff, and then all of these rumors start coming out, uh, like validated rumors, like it's. They've got inside sources. They're just waiting for Disney to make the initial announcement. But it looks like Disneyland Paris is canceling their version of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Whoa. They they don't want it. Yeah. Wow. Why would you not want it? And in place of it, they're talking about a Lion King land and... Uh, um, what it exists at Animal Kingdom, they're talking about a Pandora, the world of Avatar land, which they're also talking about for Disneyland. Avatar, that's, wor- Avatar world? That's not even rumored. That is from the lips of Bob Iger himself, that they are putting a Avatar experience in Disneyland on par with the Avatar land that we have at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which, don't get me wrong, is incredible. Arguably more immersive and breathtaking than even Galaxy's Edge. 
And I mean, Galaxy's Edge is incredible. But yeah, Pandora is spectacular. They literally have floating mountains that you stand under them and you're like, I have no idea how they did this, but here it is. I'm so interested Uh, if they'll incorporate some of the new Pandora stuff into it. So the land that they built in Animal Kingdom is like a thousand years after the movie. Oh, that's the time. Okay, it's its own thing, and so you see remnants of the RDA and different things like that. Uh, But they had it like now the land is healing, and you know uh, these types of things. It's it's really cool. It's interesting, but yeah, Disneyland Paris says no to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And now we're talking about two possible Pandora lands, Disneyland and Disneyland Paris. You know what? It's just people taking cheap shots at Star Wars just because they can. Everybody just wants to take cheap shots at Star Wars. Well, here's the thing I always go back to with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That from the Imagineering story, which you hear me talk about all the time on here that if you have a Disney Plus account and you haven't watched Imagineering Story, you're wasting your life and you need to go watch that right now. <laughs> um, they were planning on making Star Wars Land Tatooine. Like we were going to get to uh. go to Tatooine. And they had it all planned out, mapped out, figured it out. Like they were ready to start putting some shovels in the ground. And Kathleen Kennedy killed it and said by saying, well, there's more Star Wars adventures to be had in the future than in the past. So we should build it somewhere that opens up the opportunity for future Star Wars adventures. To which, to which I enter as exhibits into this case, the fact that we have visited Tatooine in what, like three separate series? Yep. Like we've already visited it again in Mandalorian season three. So it's like. I'm all done. We're all done. Come on. So, I yes, I love Galaxy's Edge. It, it, I think it would be a lot cooler if it was a place that we knew and loved from the movies. It's still nonetheless like one of the greatest things they've ever done. Eddie, I just got a another Southwest voucher and all I want to do is go to Disneyland and go just by myself. But my wife would <laughs> murder me in my sleep. You've got a few things coming up. The, that it, and it's not even just me going now, which would be the worst timing to go. But the idea of me being at Disneyland without her would like, would make her like self implode. I know how to solve this. We don't doubt. Just the podcast listeners. No, or you go to Disney World because there's an exact clone of it at Disney's Hollywood Studios. But I know the Disney. And then you're not going. I can go back and forth between the park really easily. I'm just I I know I got people there I can stay with. I don't I don't know people. I don't know people in Orlando. I don't know people. I'm never gonna get to go without her. So it's fine. I understand. So I I think that's very interesting. I think it's also very telling of um, maybe the status of Star Wars right now. I think they're still it's not good. They don't know what to do with it. Keep canceling or officially canceling after they pre canceled things. Well, 
there, I saw a small, not a major, but a kind of a small movement on Twitter of trying to convince people, uh, George Lucas, to just buy it back. How incredible would that be? They're never going to do that because they're still making money off of it, especially all the merchandise. I could see where he's buys back the, you know, the studio, but Disney gets to keep, um, you know, certain licensing rights or something. So the like reverse that. of what he did to actually make his fortune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. That's um, your Disney Parks Corner with Eddie that we're going to make a run. It's a, a longstanding uh, feature of the show, I think. We just can't help <laughs> ourselves. Uh, but that's not why you are here today. We know that you are dying for a review of the latest film in our series from 1988 to 2005, a.k.a. our childhood, um, as we review today Home on the Range. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, the IMDb description for Home on the Range. I feel like I have to sing that a little bit, but I'm not going to. Okay, (laughs) is this to save their farm, the resident animals go bounty hunting for a notorious outlaw. Hey, they got something right. (laughs) There's one piece of this movie that they got right. Eddie, That might be the best part of this whole movie. It probably was. Eddie, did you watch Home on the Range at all? Before now? This was my very first viewing ever. Ever? Ever. Wow. How did it slip past both of our grasps? Besides so you've never we were, seen it. I'd never seen it. Now, granted, we were both juniors or seniors in high school, so it wasn't right. we weren't the key demographic. Right. Um, and it was 2D. They went back to 2D for a hot second. Went back? Like, they weren't pranking out... 2D animated films that much. Like they'd kind of pivoted to 3D and or they were like li- nah, maybe I'm maybe I'm making this up. Yeah, I think you're making this up. I because th- what I read was that this was the last 2D movie until they decide to go back. Because our uh and I'm they went back the to here. it I'm with Princess the and here. the Frog. So this is the last one. Yeah, because we haven't had a Disney animation studio film in our list since Brother Bear, which that was 2D hand-drawn. Um, and then before that, we had Treasure Planet. I was getting ahead of myself. I was getting ahead of myself yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but Home on the Range was the last because the next one will be their first full 3D computer animated uh, film. Just Chicken Little. Uh, I missed this probably because they spent 110 million to make it, and it only made 76 million dollars. Wow. That's bad. Um. Yeah, I remember it coming out, and immediately people going, "This is the worst Disney animated film I've ever seen." <laughs> to which, now that I've seen it. I think I would agree. I can't think of one that I would rank lower that I've seen. This movie, I wasn't mad at it. I was just totally, uh, totally forgettable. 
not I did not care about any characters in this film, about the overall arc of any yeah, anything happening. There's nothing a good way to put that. There's nothing memorable about this film whatsoever, even though they they did get several stars to be in this. Okay. Okay, hold on, hold on. If you would have ever told me beforehand that Roseanne Barr and Dame Judy Dench we're in a movie together. I would have said, get out of town. Get out of here. You're lying. Get away from me. There's no way. Well, the good but thing. Here we are before us. A movie which stars. The, the two stars are Roseanne Barr and Judy Dent. Plus Cuba Gooding Jr. Plus Randy Quaid. Plus yeah. Chris Rock. Chris Rock, right? Mm-mm. No, who was? Oh, oh, Cuba Gooding was. that. That's the voice that I got mixed up on there. Um. Steve Buscemi is in this as well. This is like some good, a good. It's a great cast. It's a great so cast, it's and cast. it was just. I mean, it's it's a tribute to what we've said before. Like you can't do better than the writing in 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 right. the film. Like you can't can't outdo it. If it's bad, you're you're just done. There's not really much else that you you can do. Um. A good Disney movie also needs good music, and this feel it's bad music, and it feels like they're trying to patch a bad script with bad music. Because there's obvious moments throughout this movie where they 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 didn't have enough story, they don't have enough narrative to make it a feature leak film, and we just get these weird, like. Music videos, I guess you could put. I'm like, it's just like music to to animation. Which Eddie, is what it just felt odd to me. Eddie, this movie was so bad. Normally, I have one of these films that I'm like not going to s- set time out of my day to go watch it and just like dedicate time to it. I will put it on like a second screen while I'm doing busy work, but I'll get distracted at times and get caught up in the story for a second. Oh, I got to get back to doing what I'm doing. I didn't look up once. I was just listening like a podcast to this film as I just continued to just do the work that I was doing. And it did not distract me. It did not pull me into it. It did not pull me out. It did not pull me away from my work. I got done in record time the things that I was doing <laughs> because of how forgettable this film was. I, I, I had the least amount of notes. I have a couple of one-liners, some people's names, just so I remembered who anybody was. Um, there's a couple of there's a couple of dad jokes. It's like, oh, going to a dairy farm. Hope it's not one of those fat free places. Uh <laughs> oh, she's a little little tense. What's her specialty? Sour cream? And then one of the the bulls said, maybe we can help each other. Those are that's what I wrote down. And people's names. That's it. That's all I have. Well, I wish you would have looked up because the best thing. And it's it's not a lot, but the best thing, they had some really nice hand-drawn animation moments. There were some moments where I'm like, okay, there's some great animators. You feel for the animators in this because they have no control over the story, the music, anything else. They're just doing their art. Also, I wish you would have seen what is probably the trippiest sequence in any Disney movie, the yodeling. I did see that's, that. 
that somehow like, what's happening and i went back to work mind controls cows and makes them like change colors and like we get real <laughs> crazy and psychedelic really fast I'm looking at this going, this this is on par with the, Dumbo. the scene. In, oh, well, I was thinking of Good Dinosaur, where they get high they get on high, the, yep. the berries. Um, it's just weird. It's just weird. And I, I agree with you. This is so forgettable. There's nothing about this that draws me in or exciting. I had a brief little moment where they've got the, um, the mine car sequence. I'm like... Okay, this is kind of cool. This is entertaining. Um, but I'm really glad the movie failed because as I'm watching this, I'm going, you know, if this movie would have been really successful, like a big hit, they would have rethemed Big Thunder Mountain after this. Oh, no. Because that that whole sequence was like eerily, you know, some Big Thunder Mountain vibes going on. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm glad this movie bombed because you don't want to touch Big Thunder Mountain. That's perfect. The little bit I was paying attention to this, I kept on getting confused between the sheriff that Buck was trying to take out there with the bad guy Slim that they were trying to catch. I got, I was like, I thought he was bad. No, he. And then I went back to work. I was just like, What is going? It's not worth. Don't care. Don't care. Just get through it. Just push. Just persevere. The only way out was through Eddie. Sometimes with these movies. I even watched this with Lewis because um, like, oh, OK, you know, this is something we can watch together. And uh, we get towards the end of it, you know, and I'm like, well, Lewis, what did you like this movie? And he just goes, not really, daddy. <gasps> wow. <laughs> and he just like even got up and walked away. Didn't care yeah. for it. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK. And like, again, nothing like. I didn't like it or nothing strong. It was just like, nah, not really, daddy. Wow. From the mouth of babes. I know. I know. So I don't know what else to say here. There's nothing else to say. The real question is, are we going to give it a one or a zero? I don't think it's a zero was like this. It's I, I feel violated that I had to endure this aka mr magoo i think i i don't think it can, i think everything will probably be above the magoo line i don't i wasn't i it was it was whatever i don't i don't care for it anymore so i'm just gonna go with the one for me personally i think so we give 3.5s and 4.5s one you know i think i'm gonna give this just a 0.5 wow a 0.5 0.5 that's strong words. It's not Mr. Magoo, but it is just barely above it. I mean, you even get the like random. Is this racist Chinese character near the beginning? I forgot about them. That's why I forgot about so many, so many people and things in this because I had nothing <laughs> to say. And as soon as that character shows up, I I'm like cringing. I'm going Oh no, oh no, it's Mr. Magoo all over again. Oh no, oh no. Oh, Jennifer Garner, get out of there. <laughs> wow. So yes, I'm giving it a 0.5. I don't think I've done that to any other film. This is a new category. But there you go. And with that, everyone, your life, I say, has truly forever been changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast.
Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review to help us on those ratings and share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com. There you can see our full movie list as we go through all the Disney movies from 1988 to 2005. You'll want to check that out. Uh, Maybe some episodes you've missed because sadly we will not be back next week as we will be taking some time off for family babies, Uh Easter and many other things going on in our lives. But we will be back soon. We're just taking a few weeks off. Sorry for those of you who have been waiting with with breathless wonder and bated breath, bated breath. That's you knew I was struggling. You knew I was struggling mm-hmm. for what the word was mm-hmm. uh, for things like we got coming up. We got um, around the world in 80 days. We got the Princess Diaries 2, the Royal Engagement. Yes. yes. Incredibles, National Treasure. The Pacifier. Her- the pass- Herbie fully <laughs> loaded. Man, yeah. there's a lot, lot, a lot of things still to go as we kind of continue this out. And you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll spend some time over the next little bit figuring out what we're going to do after this Mm. who knows but thank you listener for listening to another episode and remember they're family you don't sell family